0: Good morning, welcome to another edition of Morning Coffee Break. I am your host, Albert Reno. Today's podcast I like to dedicate to those people working in sales, whether you're just starting out, been at it a few years, or a few decades. Today's podcast is for you. Tips and tricks for sales of all degree. So you want to learn about sales, warm up that coffee, or make a new one. Sit back and enjoy. No matter if you are new to sales or an experienced veteran, sales is hard, regardless of what the industry or your management or your friends and family tell you. Sales, no matter your field, will be a juggling act. A juggling act walking on a tightrope over a pit of poisonous snakes. You must bear together product knowledge, social ability, time management, account management, math. You must be a conversationalist. You must be charismatic. With that being said, it is a field full of personal and professional growth opportunities and if you're up for the challenge, can be extremely rewarding. So I always like to start with the first steps for veterans and new inductees into the industry. We all need to start somewhere. So what are your goals? Professional and personal. Goals help you focus on what is down the road, they build a strong foundation for whatever you want to achieve and without a strong foundation, what happens? Well, the building crumbles. We have collapse. We never achieve our goals. So what are some popular professional goals you're going to hear? Well, I always heard this in sales management. I want to get 10% growth year over year. I want to be more sociable, more likable. I want to expand my territory. I want money. Do you see the pattern? I want, I want, I want, I want. Are these your goals? I'm going to give you the first piece of advice on today's podcast. Throw those goals out. Throw them in the garbage. Let's refocus on some goals that mean something to you. Emotional goal setting is a podcast we did earlier. I recommend going back and listening to that one at this point because these goals, I want 10% growth, the common denominator, I want, I want, will be like your New Year's resolution and you'll forget them as soon as you write them down. 10% growth year over year. Why? Why do you want that? Because that will allow me to keep my job and keep my commissions and I will become more profitable. It is what is required of me at my position. Why is that important to you? Because I need a job. And I need to be working. I need to keep working. Why do you need the job? Why do you need to keep working? To provide for my family, for myself. And to to have more money, to be successful. Do you believe that having money is the only thing that will make you successful in life? No, I suppose not. But money helps. So, would you say that then the reason you want 10% growth is not for monetary gain, it's to be successful? Does that outweigh your need for money? Yes, I'd like to be successful. And what if you are not successful in life? What if you do not achieve this goal? Well, I'd feel bad. Why? How so? Think, what would that do to you? Well, I would feel like a failure, it would break my self esteem down. And how would that make you feel? Well, it would make me feel terrible. It would make me feel worthless. So how are you going to not feel worthless? You're going to accomplish this goal. What steps are you going to take? You've now laid the foundation for this goal to become a real goal. But you're probably asking yourself, well, why is this any different than any other goal that I just chose? Well, because now you have emotion behind it. And if you have listened to the emotional podcast, you'll find out how important that is. So now you've got your goal. Now you need steps. You're going to go out and do 10 prospecting calls a day. You're going to follow up with each one of your active accounts. You're going to hunt down leads. You're going to service your customers to their expectations. How you feel if you accomplish all these things? Well, you're going to feel great. You're going to feel amazing. But what happens if you don't? You only have five prospecting calls a day. Well, I won't. I'll hit ten. Really? Are you 100% sure you're going to hit ten every day? And who's going to make sure that you hit those ten every day? Well, me, of course. Without excuses, can you really hold yourself accountable to that? Maybe not. Then who? A friend? Family member? Who will hold you accountable every day for those actions? I guess a good person to choose would be your sales manager, don't you think? How will he hold you accountable, though? well he's my manager have the conversation with him set up one-on-one set up those meetings every week every day if you have to do you think that goal is more real now to you you have an emotion behind it you have what will happen if you fail you have an emotion on how you will feel if you push yourself towards that goal and you have an accountability partner to hold you to it you have real goals now emotional goals are you going to just throw that goal away now unlikely if you don't have these things it's just exactly like your goal your new year's resolution this goal now has power over you do this exercise for each goal you pick out so what's next i always like to dive into market research well why is market research important well i have a transportation background so i always look to my competitors what are they doing don't obsess over it because it will distract you from your end goals but see what they're doing educate yourself about their products and services next find out demographics where are your clients who are they what do they do educate yourself in your field get out there no matter what if you have a plan 10 percent growth because you don't want to fail you don't want to not succeed you need to provide for your family for you you will achieve this by 10 prospecting calls per day customer interactions you have your accountability partner To hold you responsible, you have consequences if you fail. You have market research. The next logical step is for you to get out there. The cold call, whatever you call it, prospecting, hunting, getting new accounts, cold calling, it's all the same. Technologies help, so use LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, whatever social media platform you use. But for many of us veterans, Google, an address book, locational knowledge, and a strong knuckle to rap on that door. What are some successful ways of performing a cold call? First is your mindset. Tricks to getting into the mindset. 10 prospecting calls per day. Place a sticky note in your car. Place it in the mirror where you go after you wake up first thing in the morning. Or your workspace you'll be using right on your phone. Big bold letters. 10 prospecting calls per day. Go. It helps. It's motivation. You start calling, but what do I say? Everyone has a comfortable way to start a conversation. Some will chit-chat with the person online. Some will be direct and ask for the client. Humor has worked well for some. So what are some tricks? Sound professional, be direct. You call on a customer, and the receptionist answers. Hello, company X, how can I direct your call? You know the owner by doing your research is Joe whatever his name is. To be polite, you think of asking uh, for Mr. whatever, right? How many times have you been asked, who is this? Do you have an appointment? Was Mr. Whatever expecting you? And what do we do? We tell the truth, naturally. No, no, no. Hello, Company X. How can I direct your call? Well, hello. Good afternoon. I'm Albert I hope you're well. Who am I speaking to? Good afternoon. I'm well. Thanks for asking. My name is Jane Whatever. Can I direct your call? Well, Jane, I was hoping you could connect me to Joe. Oh, do you have an appointment? Is Joe expecting your call? You can say yes, he is expecting my call. You can play it off as casual as if you're a long-term friend of Joe's. Perhaps she will believe you. Or he. If you say no, see if you can be transferred to his voicemail. This is very important. The message will be simple. And it has to be toned perfectly. Hey, Joe. It's Albert. Can you call me back? Leave your number and hang out. There are simple elements at play here. You don't give a reason for your call. You use first names. Now, Joe just listened to that message after he got out of his meeting, and he's scratching his head. He's trying to figure out who you are and how you know him. Maybe even that curiosity gets the best of him, and he calls you back. If you can't leave a voicemail, and she says she will take your card, then she's really good. Or he. But don't give up there. Sure, you've lost today's round, but now visit visitor call again. This time, ask for Jane. She isn't the one who answered your phone call or is greeting you at reception. And when you hear her voice on the phone or you meet her in person, say, Jane, how are you doing today? It's Albert. Remember me? Strike up a conversation and get to know that receptionist. Start making your visits about them. Build a rapport with them till you see an opportunity to ask. Maybe you could be transferred to his voicemail or book you in for an appointment that you're looking for. Don't try this too early, nor get too pushy. Remember, this is about getting past the defensive, the interference. So you're going out, handing out cards, you're visiting clients, you're calling clients, but each time, again and again, you suffer rejection. It's starting to take its toll on you, whether you're new in the industry or a veteran, it eventually will. And you begin to feel as if you haven't been this rejected In a long time. And how do you deal with that? A few ways don't ever take it personally. Yeah, it's easy to say, right? They're rejecting your sales persona, not you particularly. So how do you get all those no's into a yes? How do you deal with that no? How do you feel when you hear that simple word, no? Like many of you, I took that no to heart. It weighed heavy on me especially if it was the only word I heard that day. Rejection, it can crush your motivation, it can crush your goal, but only if you let it. Have you found yourself not wanting to take the road because of the day before, because of this powerful word of no and the emotion of rejection? But I'm going to ask you why. Why are you letting a two-letter word control your thought process? So how do you flip your feeling and your emotion to accept the no in sales? Well, we are all taught that we need to have tough skin, that this is part of the job. Am I not right? So how do you get over it? Leave your comments. Reach out to me. Love to hear from you. What if you suggested to get the no right away? Then you can't have an emotion about being rejected because you initially asked for the no. Mr. Prospect, you probably have had lots of salespeople knocking on your door today. I'm going to save you the trouble and say no for you, not today. But then what works for you? Would you have five minutes for me at a later date? Remember to have fun while you work. What does this do while you are building a relationship with the customer that you just talked to and you just made the answer for him? You're suddenly there more than just a salesperson. You're not emotionless, and you're bonding instantly at the door. What else can we do? except the no? Do you debrief your calls? Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. Maybe you should. Take the no as a learning experience. What can I do better next time? Personal growth. What could I have changed? Maybe nothing. Maybe there's something there. When you embrace the no, you're changing mentality. You're breaking down the walls you built up. That when you hear that no, you have no worth. That it's motivationally destroys you. When you embrace the no, no matter the prize you have your eyes on. The end goals. So they say no today. Doesn't mean when you visit them in a few more weeks or a month. That they'll say no again. Their situation could have changed. Feel better about the no. Have you embraced the no? Let it fuel you, a thirst for knowledge. No, as a learning experience. The last thought of the day is there's so much material we could speak about, but the morning coffee break is about your coffee break. And we're getting close to having that completed. How many of you have been caught up in the seller-buyer dance? You make a full proposal and spend countless hours, and suddenly you find out your price is just too high. Or that they're not interested now. You don't hear back from them. You've invested so much time just to find out and be shut out completely. So, I'm going to leave you with a few tips that I have found helped me in my sales career. How big are your typical proposals is the first question you need to ask yourself. For me, most of the time they were extensive. Many, many lines of pricing for all the locations we shipped to. So... How do you not waste your time on proposals first find out how important pricing is to the customer ask questions like how important is pricing to you would you pay more for better service less claims less headaches or better manufactured product how important is it to you to find a good price for good quality are you willing to pay more next if you have many pricing find two or three popular items locations they want to ship to if you're in transportation, whatever the customer's buying from you get samples. So what I would used to do is to take our rate samples and right there on the spot present it to them and ask if we could continue on. So you have a book of your rates right there. Now you're getting a commitment before the proposal even goes through a few outcomes. Your pricing that you've presented to them works, and now you have a good feeling going back to the office without even requesting or making a presentation. Good job. Now don't get cocky. Or they tell you your prices are way out to lunch. Define way out there, Mr. Prospect. Will you need to be 5% lower, 10% lower? Whatever the case, you are showing either sample pricing that has a slight discount, or maybe your default tariffs are pricing at full price. You now have some wiggle room. Start talking numbers. This is where your math comes in. Mr. Prospect, if I come back with a proposal of maybe 5% less than these numbers, would you sign? Maybe yes? No? Two outcomes. If yes, great. If maybe, it's a no. And if it's a no, it's a no. Let the prospect or potential new client know and point out that there are only two outcomes. A yes or a no. And you'll take a no. You've just saved yourself a lot of time. Close your books and move on. So you've done all this. You have presented the rates, the pricing, and he says he has to get back to you. This happens a lot. At times, it still happens to me. Find out why the delay. Maybe another presentation is needed. Maybe he's not the right decision maker. He needs to bring it to the board. Find out if you can give a presentation to that board or be present in case they have questions. They said they'll need to take a few weeks to get back to you. A few weeks, no date, grey area. What are you doing? Request a follow-up date. On this day, Mr. Prospect, I will call you at this time. Don't go for swishy-washy comments. You call on that date. End voicemail. No return phone call. You follow up. Your customer has gone silent. And like a bad first date, you don't hear back. Do we wait and worry? Maybe this will happen. Maybe that will happen. These are all things going through our mind at this point. But if you book an appointment and go in and see them, if they are busy and push you off, Here's a few tricks to do. Voicemail. A lot of people will say the voicemail isn't the way to go, but sometimes it's the only tool we have. There are many words and many people might not agree. I've had some success with this. Call your customer and leave a voicemail. Mr. Prospect, it's me from Company X. I gave you a proposal a few weeks, maybe a month ago. We've had a date to follow up, and we haven't been able to connect. Could you give me a call back as soon as you can. If I don't hear back from you, I will close the file. Thanks. Close the file? Go for the note. You don't have it anyways. You're not losing anything. Now, he will either call you back, or he won't. You get to your appointment. You're sitting with him. Sorry I haven't had time to look at your file. You're thinking you've had a month and you don't tell me this already? So you ask, Mr. Prospect, what is the likelihood of you signing now? You're putting him on the spot. You're being a typical salesperson. He sees it. Maybe he'll sign, maybe he won't. And within a moment, his answer is none. He said none, which means no. Okay, thank you, Mr. Prospect. I'll close the file whenever I get back to the office. Thank you for taking the time to meet you and taking the time during these negotiations. I appreciate it. Now is your time to pick everything up and leave. But wait, aren't you going to negotiate? Renegotiate what? You've had a commitment. He broke it. You had a deadline. He broke it. He forced another meeting, which he agreed to the rates at a certain price already. There's no negotiations. The person has displayed what type of prospect, what type of new customer this will be. So what do you do now? You have a simple conversation with him. No, Mr. Prospect, there will be no negotiations. I've always been a person of my word. You remember our meeting when I showed you the rates and we spoke about what would get you to sign. We agreed between you and I, 5% less of the rates I showed you. I now present those rates to you. We had a follow-up date, one that I called you on. Tried to book an appointment. Now we are two weeks, three weeks, four weeks from that date and you want to renegotiate. Mr. Prospect, it's okay. I'll close the file. I understand price is important to you but we had an agreement. Good day. Get out, walk away. Yeah, a lot of people would say, but this guy wanted to renegotiate. Maybe we could have found common ground. Maybe you could have. But look at the time and effort that you're putting into this sale. Walk away. It sounds harsh. Maybe it is. Maybe he won't ever call you back, but don't waste any more time on them. Maybe they'll beg you to come back in, and that will be on you. But don't let a prospect or client walk over you. Walk away. Once you have done this, you have fully embraced the no. I want to share with you a story. The eagle does not fight the snake on the ground. It picks it up in the sky and changes the battle. Then it releases the snake into the sky. The snake has no stamina, no power, and no balance in the air. It is useless, weak, and vulnerable. Unlike on the ground, where it's powerful, wise, and deadly. What's the moral of the story? Don't fight the enemy in his comfort zone. Every day you're going out on the road into sales, and you're approaching the customers on their ground. Don't you think it's time that we change your comfort zone? Don't you think it's time that we change that battlefield? Hopefully some of these tricks might help you. Maybe there are something you're already doing. Remember to always have fun at the job that you're doing. What are some tricks that you do for fun? Make sure to leave me a comment. I apologize, but we've run out of time for today. Make sure to look for Sales Tactics and Tricks Part 2 coming soon. You can listen to this podcast and more on our Facebook page, CastBox or Apple Podcast. If you've liked any of our podcasts, make sure to engage with us. Comment, like, subscribe, or even send us a message. Remember to stay curious and ask why. Thank you for listening to Morning Coffee Break. Until our next edition.